What up, world? It is your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week. The only daily Trailblazers podcast coming at you every single weekday, so make it a part of your daily routine, make it your first listen, and then tell your friends to do the same. Today's show. We are wading into the world of fake trades, as promised. If you listened to Monday's show, you knew that I was going to cook up some fake trades. This is Tuesday, May 3rd's show. Thanks for listening wherever you are, wherever you have found us, whether it's on YouTube or your favorite podcast, pla- podcast platform. Uh, as promised, fake trades. Uh, I have two, and then I solicited on my uh, Twitter feed, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter, I, felic- I solicited a uh, fake trade, and I've chosen what I deem to be the best or the most interesting trade uh, from a listener who submitted it on, on Twitter. So we will we got three fake trades. Let's, uh, let's just dive right in. My first one is a fake trade involving the Orlando Magic, in which the Portland Trailblazers send Justice Winslow, a 2025 pick from the Milwaukee Bucks, and a 2024 second rounder, to the Orlando Magic in in exchange for big man defensive ace, but long injured, long having a knee, you know history of knee knee problems, a knee issue. Jonathan Isaac coming off a torn ACL, missed the whole season, all of those things. Uh, this let's sort of let me walk. We're gonna walk through the logic of all of these. Um, I think also the conceit here is like, would I do it? Yeah, like I would do it. That's like the point of these trades. Would I feel really good about this one? No, not necessarily. Uh, I think Jonathan Isaac, if he's healthy, is significantly better than Justice Winslow. Not the same type of player, not a ball handler and not a, not a passer. Doesn't bring that sort of um, offensive creativity or um, unique skill set that, that, uh, that Winslow does, but he's bigger. And I think uh, Isaac's peak is something like, all defense team like first team all defense like i really i really believe he could be there uh he just hasn't played in a while so you don't know so you're taking a risk but the big thing of with trades and i think i've said this a bunch if you're a long time listener to the podcast is like kind of why i don't like playing fake trades with folks is because uh you have to think about like what both sides need to feel like they won uh, or not necessarily won but accomplish their goals right like the blazers when they made trades at the deadline they traded you know good players for bad players or good players for less good players. And, but their goal was there was like a financial motivation, right? So you have to kind of figure out the other team's goals. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the Magic's goals. It's hard to figure out. What I do know about the Orlando Magic is they've got a boatload of future picks and they kind of have this weird spot where they have a bunch of like big centers and a bunch of guys who play point guard and not a bunch of guys in between. I think Justice Winslow answers some of the in-between stuff, like who could play three or four on this roster. In theory, Jonathan Isaac could too, so maybe they stick with him. But Isaac's under contract for three more seasons or or will be for three more seasons heading into next year. We're assuming uh, with the contract stuff, all of it beginning in the 2022-2023 season. So three more seasons, uh, in, including this upcoming one. So, uh, if, if the Magic are really going to sort of truly lean into this rebuild and have it be Cole Anthony and have it be Jalen Suggs and have it be Wendell Carter, it, there's a chance that Jonathan Isaac, who is, you know, a, a sort of part of the last version of, of the Magic trying to rebuild post-White Howard, is not part of the plan. He easily could be, and I could see why they would reject this, but uh, this gives them, they get out from under Justice Winslow after just one season. They get another future first-round pick in 2025. Bad teams are going to value future picks, like 
in 2025 more than good teams. Good teams are going to value, you know, right away picks, picks in the, this upcoming draft and the one beyond it because they want to get good right away. Teams with a longer tail, a longer timeline like the Magic would value those uh, later picks a little bit more. The Magic are going to have a ton of picks. I believe they have three 2024 first rounders. This would give them a second 2025 first rounder. They have two in 2023. They've got one this year. Uh, like they're going to have a boatload of first round picks and loading up the chest allows them to sort of maybe make their move or just continue to take to take uh to use a Nate Duncan term bites of the apple to like give them shots at this on the Blazers side what does it do it gives them immediately someone who you can pencil in as a starting power forward assuming health obviously here um play a little bit of three play some funky small ball five with Jonathan Isaac uh he's a really really good defender some limitations on offense but um a good enough a good enough sort of baseline of being an elite defender that he checks the biggest box for the Blazers. And I think that's what you're trying to do with these trades, right? Try to check the biggest box. Uh, you know, for, for the Blazers' troubles, they give up that 2025 first. They give up a, a 2024 second rounder from from uh, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, a pick down the line. The Like I said, the Magic have a boatload of picks. There, there's only so many you can give up. Um, you, you don't give up your first rounder this year if your Portland allows you to kind of take best player available because you've checked a really big and important box for what you're going to do, and you lose Justice Winslow as a depth piece. I think that's absolutely worth it. This seems, like I said, this this maybe is a little too like Portland biased, um, from my opinion. Uh, the funny thing about doing these trades is whenever I do them, some people are like, the Blazers don't get back near enough for that trade. And then if you get like, talk to an Orlando Magic fan, they're like, hell no, I'm not doing that. So if you get both sides mad at you, you know you're doing it right. So if you're an Orlando Magic fan watching or, or listening to this and you hate this trade, uh, email me, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com and let me know that it was bad or comment in the YouTube uh, video and that way I know I did it right uh, but like I think this is just an obvious one for the Blazers right this is my goal was to kind of um make the team better and, and fill the needs that they have which is they really need a starting three and they really need a starting four Jonathan Isaac is probably your starting four uh, and if uh, it goes another way in the offseason he could also be your starting three he could start either of your power forward spots um assuming you get the, you get there like this this appeals to me uh Another thing before we move out of the mat, out of here to another fake trade is doing this exercise reminded me of how challenging it will be for the Blazers to really strike it rich this summer. They don't have a lot of tradable stuff. You know, they're still owe a future first round pick to the Bulls, so they can really only trade their 2022 pick, uh, which they're not, but they shouldn't do um, unless they're getting a really good player. They should just take, they should just use that 2022 pick on a rookie and get it right. Like that's their path forward. Uh, you know, Yusuf Nurkic isn't under contract. Amphrey Simons isn't under contract. So if you're trading those guys, it's sign and trade. And sign and trades are confusing because, or like tricky, not confusing, tricky because you got to get, you know, a lot of parties to agree, uh, representation and teams and all that to agree to sort of make it happen. Uh, you've, it's just, uh, you know, the Blazers, the other, it's like Josh Hart isn't really a needle mover. The end of the bench with um, the Blazers don't have like this like young guy at the end of the bench who's like, oh, maybe throw him in there and see if it works. Like Dee Luzada and Greg Brown and Keon Johnson, they're not moving the needle for teams. Like that's, that's, those are just salary filler. Those are not guys who are necessarily sweeteners, at least from my view. Obviously, we'll find out maybe how other teams view them here in the offseason, but the, the Blazers do not have a lot of ammo to get good. The way they're going to get good, um, is this trade and the way this trade is structured is 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 that the the trade exception that the Blazers receive from the CJ McCollum trade helps absorb uh, the the Jonathan Isaac deal and the uh, and the Magic are able to take back in uh, take back in Winslow for the because you can the way it structures on either side like it's it'll 
it works, but it works with you're kind of using one of the big pieces of ammo you have. You're giving the Orlando a little bit of salary relief. And and does this like push the Blazers into contention, like contender status? Absolutely not. But it makes them better right away. And that was kind of the goal of these of these trades. Speaking of trades, I got another one where the Blazers land another useful power forward. So come back in the second segment or stick with me into the second segment. You'll find out which other useful power forward I have the Blazers landing in my fake trade scenario. But before I tell you about that fake one, Let's talk about some real stuff like Prize Picks, a place you can win real money. It's daily fantasy made easy. I use the app when I play Prize Picks, but you can use PrizePicks.com. It's super easy to use. You pick between two and five players, and you pick the over/under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on an entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You make your entry in sixty seconds. It's super super simple. Um, it's you pick points, you pick assists, you point rebounds. Prize Picks sets a line. You pick over that number or under that number. If you get it right, you can get some money. It's it's it is a if if you follow the NBA, it's it's a super super easy way to do it. I've done it during the playoffs and and, and won a little bit of money, and I think you can too. And if you're a first time user, if you sign up today, you can get a free fifty bucks if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. So use the promo code NBA and you'll get fifty bucks when a player in your first entry scores a single point. That's a daily fantasy made easy at PrizePicks.com or download the app for Prize Picks wherever you're getting your mobile apps. All right, let's keep it rolling. I got more fake trades. So say the Orlando trade falls through. Okay, called them. Justice Winslow and a future first. Nah. All right, pivot, pivot. This is what you're going to do in the offseason. You're going to, it's like, uh, I don't know what the exact Neil Olshay quote, but the, the, the deal process, uh, d- trading is a fluid process. The deal process, roster construction is a fluid process, actually, I believe is the trade. So I got another one, and it's a similar framework, but it's a little bit different. Um, and this is, we're going to, for this, I'm going to call up the Washington Wizards, and I'm going to offer that same Justice Winslow and the 2025 first round pick from Milwaukee. And, but to, to sort of sweeten it, because I don't know what the Wizards want to be, I'm going to add in Trendon Watford to, uh, to make it work um you will have to use a traded player exception in order to absorb the kyle kuzma uh deal in here but you're going to land with kyle kuzma six nine forward from the wizards you might say kyle kuzma for a future first sucks and i might say yeah it does kind of suck but the that's what the blazers have to offer and when you're trying it's like this is what i set up in the first segment it's like how would the wizards feel like this is a success get some okay players to help them kind of maintain their level. Like I said, I don't know what the Wizards want to be. They keep Brad Beal and they keep Chris Porzingis and they keep Rui Hachimura and they keep Corey Kispert and they keep Denny Avia. They're somewhere between young, a bunch of like young, interesting forwards and two win-ish now vets, mediocre now vets with all respect to Brad Beal and Chris Saps. But like that's, I don't know what their roster is, but Kyle Kuzma, um, getting rid of Kuzma frees up uh, some space for uh, Rui Hachimura to play more, for uh, Chris Apps to play more, for uh, Kispert if he's going to play you know, on the three oh, more. like it, they, they kind of need some space for their guys to play, and I think this trade allows them space to play. And I just straight up like Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think he is, I don't know if he's an underrated defender, um, he, because I don't know how you, dear listener, rate him, but to me, he's like a straight up good defender when he wants to be. When he was on that Lakers championship team, Kyle Kuzma was a straight up good defensive player, and I think he can get back there. Um, I think the shooting and the individual offense helps. Um, 
and he's on a relatively cheap contract. Uh, this is this is like a sort of a steep price to pay and a, certainly a step down from maybe some of your dreams with the uh, 2025 first round pick from the Bucks, which I do not think is particularly appealing to good teams. Like it's in 2025 and the Bucks are pretty good. It's just it's just not a particularly good sell. It's a bummer that that's what the Blazers ended up with the CJ McCollum trade, but that's also what they ended up with. Um, Kuzma helps. Like I think you could pencil in Kuzma. He wouldn't be, you don't, you don't want him to be like an everyday starter on a team that wants to win a championship, but the Blazers just need to get more talent on the roster. And I think this helps them get more talent on the roster. There's a chance you can get them to throw in like a Ish Smith type backup point guard. There's a chance you could uh, maybe talk them into some, some other parts, but the end of the, the, I I don't really like the other parts on the Wizards back of the Wizards roster. So it's like, I'm not talking myself into Thomas Bryant or whatever it might be. Uh, like, I think you just, you get Kuzma, you get an upgrade at the forward spot. Like, he's a better basketball player than Trenton Watford and, and Justice Winslow. Uh, you know, obviously, you try to get this done for a couple second-round picks. Uh, if I'm just saying, like, if they say no, this is the direction you head. I'm trying to add realistic trades. What does a win look like for the Wizards? Again, you might think this is an overpay, but this is, this is like a realistic way to upgrade the Blazers. I think this gets them better. I think you've got a like a a guy who can help them at a position of need both on both sides of the ball and I don't think you've given up um you know I don't think you've given up parts that you're going to super regret. I think Justice Winslow might end up being a rotation player for a little while longer in the league because he's um if he stays healthy, he's got some interesting skills. I think Trenton Watford is the same type of thing, uh but if the Blazers are trying to win and win now, Kyle Kuzma is an upgrade and the price of doing business might be that future first round pick from the Bucks. So those are my two ideas. I've I cooked up two of them. Um and, and Admittedly, I'm much more excited about the Jonathan Isaac trade, which is why I led with it, than I am about the Kyle Kuzma trade. I also considered some sort of version of a Julius Randle trade, but Randle's money and his lack of defense and his he's like good with the ball in his hands. Um, I just think on a team that still has Damon Lowe and Amphrey Simons, it's a weird fit. Um, he's, he's, some defensive issues also give me some pause there. You'd have to have a really good rim protector. Uh, and Nurk can be that, but um, I just don't, I don't love the fit in Portland for Julius Randle. He's, he's like a name that I like considered sort of chasing down with this idea. Um, obviously the Jeremy Grant thing's been out there. I don't really understand exactly what the Pistons are going to want in a Jeremy Grant trade, but do I think the 2025 first is enough? I don't. So like, what's Jeremy Grant light look like? Jeremy Grant light looks like something like Kyle Kuzma. That's like, that's your second guess. So I tried to be realistic. I tried to explore the options. Like I said, I think what this exercise has done has proven to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Blazers do not have a lot of stuff. Like they gave themselves flexibility, right? With this, um, with the traded player exceptions that they have, a couple TPEs with this future first round pick with their own first round pick that they've kept and all these things. But, and the mid-level exception, and and that's kind of going to be maybe where they make most of their hay this summer is like signing the right guy and the right fit with the mid-level money. But, the Blazers want to keep their first round pick. The trade market looks tough for them. And going through this exercise was a reminder of how tough it could be. And like landing on Kyle Kuzma and talking myself into saying, this actually isn't that bad, all things considered, which is where I land. Like I said, I'm not going to pitch these trades that I wouldn't do. I admittedly think you, dear listener, might be underwhelmed, but I would do this trade. Um, Like landing with Kyle Kuzma in the summer, like flipping CJ McCollum for something that looks like Kyle Kuzma in the end, that kind of stinks. Like that does kind of stink. I admit it. And like, that's why I'm uh, Joe Cronin. I'm just going to say is better at being an NBA GM than me. I'm not worried about, I'm pretty confident in that. So like, I am fascinated to see where the Blazers land because doing this exercise myself, 
it doesn't seem like they have a like they don't seem like they have a bunch of intriguing and easy paths to improve this roster. But you know what? I put out this challenge to my Twitter followers, to my my dear listeners and internet friends, and many of you responded. I've chosen my favorite one, so I want to share the best listener fake trade or the most interesting. I don't know, best according to <laughs> to my needs, uh, listener trade that was shared with me. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And it's got more lines, more odds, more props than ever before. Like every single NBA playoff game got a whole bunch of lines, you know, quarter by quarter, full game, half by half, whole bunch of props, player props, team props, combo props, whatever you might need. And then live odds throughout the game. So you can bet beforehand, you can bet mid game, you can double down if your team falls behind and you want to, and you still believe whatever it might be, you're going to have a bunch of fun uh, betting on the NBA playoffs. You don't want to do that. All the other sports are right there waiting for you. The NHL playoffs just started tonight, so you're going to get a whole bunch of high-level hockey that you can gamble on. Whatever it is, go take advantage. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I'm still a passwords point guard. Still Mike Richmond, who's still listening to Locked On Blazers. And did I almost screw up the intro to the third segment? Yeah, I did. I almost did. But I landed the plane. It's fake trade season. I cooked up a couple fake trades, and then I put it out to you, dear listeners, to cook up a f- couple fake trades. And I got a whole bunch of responses back, and I'm, I'm sure they're still rolling in. In fact, I'm recording this at around 7 p.m. on Monday evening, so if you're tweeting at me after 7 p.m., show's already in the can, y'all. But um, I said in the, in the sort of tweet soliciting fake trades was that I, I wanted the best or the, the, the one that I liked the most to be the sort of the... <laughs> the trade that I would use. But what I liked the most was going to be the trade determined by me. And by by me wasn't just like, hey, I wanted something that's realistic within the realm, but also was a little bit interesting for the podcast. And so what I landed on was this proposal from Scott at Scott PTB30, former guest on the Blazers listener, some and a long time listener of the program. And Scott offers this. And I like it because it's outside the box and it gives us some sort of something to consider in the, in the grand scheme. And what Scott offers is a sign and trade where Amphrey Simons signs with the Chicago Bulls. And for their troubles, the Blazers receive back Lonzo Ball and the Blazers first round pick that the that Portland sent to Chicago in that uh, Derek Jones Jr., Larry Nance, Lowry Markin, and three-team trade. So the Blazers would get back Lonzo Ball and their own future first for next season or for, yeah, for 2023 in exchange for Amphrey Simons. And you may be saying, no, not Ant, not Ant, no. And to that I say, this is kind of the Blazers' best path forward to to being better is finding like a sign and trade partner. Obviously sign and trade is sign and trades are more complicated than that. It's going to hard cap the blazers and they're going to have less, uh, less of the F word of flexibility. Uh, but I don't care about flexibility really in this exercise because what I'm looking for is to upgrade the Blazers. And I think the healthy version of Lonzo Ball is close to the best backcourt partner that you could pair next to Dame imaginable. I think the best is like Paul George, but uh, with, you know, like sub all-star level, the best like version of a player that you could put next to Dame is something like a healthy Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is not healthy. That caveat's there. And I think that's why you're getting a first round pick for this for this exchange. Like he's had a meniscus problem. He had surgery. He never got back healthy. He said at Bulls exit interviews that uh, another procedure could be on the table. Like just a dude going through two knee surgeries in in a short period of time and then trying to come back, play basketball in this city in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, 
Like, yes, I get it. But I think let's assume some level of health. Like, let's assume Lonzo Ball is mostly available for 71 games. He's just exactly who I'd rather pair next to to Dame other than Ant. I don't think Lonzo Ball's better than Ant. Like, I do actually right now. I probably do. But, like, this time next year, I think Ant has a chance to take uh, a massive step forward. And I think what he does in terms of shot creation and the ability to get his own shot is, like, much closer to what superstars do than what Lonzo Ball does. Lonzo Ball is a really high-level role player. But he also is one of the better uh, guard defenders in the league. Uh, he's turned himself into a really good spot up shooter. And while he's not a great half, uh, half court creator, he's a great break starter. He gets teams going and he's just a good ball mover on offense, like makes smart and good decisions. He has some, he's like a two, like Lonzo ball is like a two or a three. I know he's billed as this like point guard of the future, but he's a wing like Lonzo ball is a wing. And he's like a really high level creative wing. Um, really good defender really could guard ones, twos, and threes, like really good defensive player when healthy. And like I said, turn himself into a really good shooter. That's what I want next to Dame. If I'm if I'm like putting next to a, a two guard together, someone who can really defend and can really pass and doesn't need the ball in his hands to be good. That's ideal. Lonzo Ball is ideal. You're giving up a really good, promising young player and a homegrown, promise, promising young player. So if many of you are screaming at your, um, uh, screaming into your headphones or typing in the YouTube section, hell nah. I hear you. I hear you. But I, I wanted to highlight this trade because I think it's super interesting. I think the idea of signing trading ant for something like this, where you take a risk and get back a future first is, is like in terms of like what the Blazers might be able to get this summer, you're nearing the top of what I think is like realistic, right? Like I don't think the Blazers are trading for a borderline all-star. Um, I don't, if they trade for Jeremy Grant, I don't think Jeremy Grant is a borderline all-star, even though he may have made a team in the past. Like I think he's a high-level role player. I think Lonzo Ball is a high-level role player. This is the this is the type of trade, the flavor of trade that I think is super interesting. Again, like with all these trades, if you're asking the question, like, does this get the Blazers uh, to a championship level? It doesn't. It doesn't. No, because they don't might might not have the assets to do that in one cycle. Uh, and this keeps the TPE dry. It gives them another draft pick to trade. It keeps it like they, they, it doesn't exhaust some of their immediate assets while getting a player in the lineup that fits better. Fit is more important than talent at a certain level. At the highest ends, talent is more important. But in the middle, like in the middle, I've talked about this on the pod before, there's like a middle 200 class in the NBA. Like there's a top, there's a top, you know, 15 in the league that are a pretty, pretty, far and away better than everyone else. Then there's this next set of players from like 16 to 55. That's like the sort of like CJ McCollum tier, right? Where it's like, there's a lot of players that are about the same level. And then there's this massive group of guys from like 55 to 300. And they're really similar. And then that below 300, there's like a thousand players in the world that could fill the last six spots in the league. There might be 5,000 players in the world that could fill the last two spots on every single NBA bench. Like it's, it's really, it gets really flat really quick in terms of the talent curve. I think Ant and Lonzo Ball are relatively comparable on the talent curve. Although Ant has admittedly some skills that make him, um, you know, more valuable to a different type of team, less valuable to a team with Damian Lillard. Um, if the Blazers were a team that didn't have Damian Lillard or was going to move away from Damian Lillard, Ant would be more valuable to them. But if you think of them as a team with Dame, a guy who's off the uh, who plays 
plays off the ball better and is a better defender. Has some super, super real, like real, real value to the Blazers. You might ask, like, why do the Bulls do this? I think they do it for a couple of reasons. One, Amphrey Simons is better than uh, better than Kobe White. You just fill him in in that Kobe White spot. You're a better basketball team. And it's insurance if Zach Levine walks. If Zach Levine walks, now you've got your Zach Levine light in, in Amphrey Simons. Um, I, think, I think Zach Levine is like kind of a reasonable like best case scenario for ant like that's like a pretty good one a really athletic two guard who's like an effortless scorer um and becoming Zach Levine seems like, um, you know, that seems like close to a best best case scenario outcome. Um, he's a really good basketball player, but he's also entering free agency and has uh, perhaps already flirted with the idea of leaving, at least according to some of his quotes of the X interview where he talked about how he really enjoyed his time in Chicago in the past tense. So. I think this trade gets you close. I, th- I, I admit it's a huge risk um, and all those things. And I admit that maybe the Blazers are getting back the second best player in the trade or the, trading away the best player in the trade, however you want to phrase that. Totally, totally agree with all of those things. But I think fit and fit and opportunity are so important. I think the fit and the opportunity for Lonzo would be better in Portland if you assume some health which obviously is a big risk. Then I think the Blazers get better with this trade. And that was the whole point of the exercise. So if you've got a, a, a fake trade, cook it up, send it my way, LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. We'll do this in the future, uh, share some, some other listener fake trade ideas, and I'll even tread back into the trade machine waters and cook up some more fake trades. But Jonathan Isaac, Kyle Kuzma, Alonzo Ball, I bet you left this episode being like, dog, what? But that's what I'm saying. The Blazers' path to, the Blazers path to getting an impact player is relatively challenging. So I, so I, I put it on you. I challenge you. Find me a realistic, better trade out there. Cook it up. Send it my way, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com or, or put it in the YouTube comments. I'll, I will see it either way. All right, come back next week, five days a week, available wherever you got podcasts, the only daily Trailblazers podcast coming at you every single weekday, rolling through the off season with Trailblazers content. Get your fix. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen every day. Start your day with a little Blazers nerdy hypotheticals. Come back for more. This is Tuesday show. We've got three more shows the rest of the week. We're going to keep it rolling. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.